Hello everyone and welcome. This is Victoria Stapleton, Director of School and Library Marketing at Little Brown Books for Young Readers and I am here today in the Little Brown Books for Young Readers Library of Special Things, of Treasures, and I am with my secret friend. Okay, I guess not such a secret friend because it is a love that dares proclaim its name. <laughs> I am here with Jennifer E. Smith, the author of The Statistical Probability of Love at First Sight, The Geography of You and Me, This is What Happy Looks Like, and for your younger brothers and sisters, The Storm Makers, a delightful middle grade novel. But Jennifer's most recent book is Hello, Goodbye, and Everything in Between. Welcome to my bat cave, Jennifer. Uh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, Jennifer, can you tell us a little bit about the book? Sure. Uh, well, I'm so excited about this new book. It's a book I've been wanting to write for a really long time. I think that a lot of my books I've sort of thought of as one long hello, and for a long time I've been wanting to write one long goodbye. So this is a book that starts with Aiden and Claire, who are a couple that have been together in high school for two years, and it takes place during their last night before they leave for college. So they're about to take off for schools in opposite ends of the country, and they haven't decided whether or not they want to break up yet or whether or not they feel like they should break up yet. One of them is very optimistic, one of them is very pragmatic, and they're sort of not agreed on this point. And they basically spend their last 12 hours together, the whole, the whole last night, revisiting sites of their sort of milestones from their relationship, the site of their first kiss and their first dance and their first date as they try to come to a decision. Well, Jennifer, I love your books. Thank you. And I think I, I think they're pretty awesome, even though I am a cold-hearted uh, individual. It is what it is. No, this is as they say on Game of Thrones. It is no, <laughs> it is no. But Fair I enough. love these books. Uh, one of the things that fascinates me about your career is that you began. You have a long career with words, but you began as a book editor before you were a book writer. Did your career as an editor? prepare you in any way or hinder you in any way when it when you decide when that first story started to percolate in your brain? Absolutely. I think um, until very recently, I was a full-time editor at, at Ballantyne, uh, working on the adult side of things. And I feel like the experiences I had there, I was there for seven years. Um, I was lucky enough to work with some amazing authors. And the experiences that I had there were so incredibly helpful to my writing process. You can't spend that much time reading amazing books and editing amazing books and thinking about amazing books without that upping your game to an extent. And I think that um, even, you know, reading submissions and kind of figuring out why something's working and why something isn't, it all, it's it's like taking an extended grad school class. Um, so it, it was really helpful in a lot of ways. In other ways, it was a, a really big challenge. I mean, you only have so much creative energy and you spend a lot of time pouring that into other people's work uh, mm -hmm. versus your own. There's also... You know, there's a lot of authors who don't like to read when they're writing their book because they're worried about messing with their voice or they're worried about it influencing them. And that was my job. So, uh, you know, I, I was spending a lot of time doing that. But I do think it kind of made me more protective over my voice in a way, and it, it almost solidified it. So um, you just you sort of find ways around it. And I think all in all, you know, being an editor absolutely, without a doubt, made me a better writer. And, and you know, being a writer made me a better editor as well. So it was a really interesting thing to do both. Um, and I feel really lucky for the experiences that I had. So you come down on, you you read. Yes. Reading is important. You're reading a reader before a writer. Yes, yes. I mean, I think you, I think it would, I don't want to say never, but I think it would be very hard to be a writer without being a reader. I mean, you just, it's, you know, you get such a feel for the, the rhythm and the pacing of a story and what 
you know, why you like something and why you're emotionally responding to something. And the more you read, the more you learn. I try to read across every age group and every genre. I'm constantly, you know, at any given moment, I have a middle grade book going and a YA book going and adult book going and, you know, some very literary, some more commercial. And it just, I think you get something from every single book and it all kind of snowballs into, you know, a big learning experience. Well, so what, that leads me obviously to the question, what is the most, not your favorite book, but the most formative book? I think, I think for me, the most formative books, you know, I think partly why I write for kids is because the books you read at that time in your life tend to be the most formative. And for me, they were really, I always, there's three that always come to mind, uh, Where the Red Fern Grows, Bridge to Terabithia, and Tuck Everlasting. And the kind of through line with those three books are, you know, besides the fact that you're all going to think that I'm really depressed or something because they all make you cry. <laughs> but the, the, the kind of com common factor is that they're all really sad and sweet and full of heart. And they're all, um, you know, they do, they, when I was a kid, I just remember weeping over all three of those books, but also thinking, wow, I mean, they, they really opened my eyes in all different ways in terms of, you know, what a book can do, how it can change your life, how it can change your way of thinking and how it can pull such emotion out of you. It's, you know, it was really eye opening for me. The, this makes me sad now because I have to tell you what the most formative book of my childhood <laughs> what? was. Uh, All the President's Men. <laughs> of your childhood? Yes, actually. And uh, uh, yes, you get to listen to this story again, <laughs> listeners. When I was a small child, I wanted to watch the end of Scooby-Doo. And there were six months when I could not watch the end of Scooby-Doo and know who the villain was because there was some special television program on. Ah, I see. So as soon as I could really read something, which was about, you know, like a long, big thing, it was about fourth, third or fourth grade. I was like, I want to know what Watergate is, and why can't I see the end of Scooby Doo? That's amazing. <laughs> Who knew? I guess that was the unintended side. No, of I the explain. <laughs> I explain this to people, and they're like, yeah, that that so much, so much with the explaining. So yes, amazing. A little, a little bit different, but. But equally amazing. But I, I love your choices of books, and I love that you're connecting with the idea of, of sunshine and shadow in these books. There's laughter and tears. Um, oh, God, now I'm starting to think we have joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because that leads me, you know, one of the great things about your books from the very beginning, um, about especially your YA books, has been the packaging. And I think one of the things that, um, you know, you're very upbeat uh, titles. Um, you know, they, they, they indicate an energy to them, a positive energy to them. Um, and the packaging, the, the words are in a, in a bright, engaging color, red for the statistical probability. There's uh, been yellow and blue. And this new book, Hello, Goodbye, is in pink. It is. Uh, like the perfect Valentine. Pretty, pretty in pink. Pretty, pretty pink. Ooh, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Um, but in each case, the letters are set against a black and white picture, which I think, you know, indicates something interesting about the contents of yeah. the book. Well, I feel really lucky with these covers. They're the one things I'm constantly bragging about when I talk about my books because I had nothing to do with them, <laughs> but they are so amazing and I'm so lucky because they really do, I think, strike all the chords that I, I was hoping that a cover on my stories would. They, similar to what I was saying about, about books that I loved, I, I really strive in my books to hit those kind of sad but sweet notes. And mm -hmm. I think there's, I hope, a sense of, of hopefulness in all of my stories but they are they're also counterbalanced with a lot of you know I wouldn't say 
wildly dark, but but just kind of sadder or, you know, just in general, more realistic elements. I mean, I think every one of my books, I try really consciously to, to balance the love story with a, a family story because that's real life. And uh, and I, I read a lot of YA love stories, which I love and totally enjoy and have a great time reading. They're very um, kind of like, I don't want to say fluffy because that's a, a term that adjective that that I think is sells the book short, but they're very kind of sweet without the the you know without the salt. Sad. Yeah, sweet without the salt. I think so, and um, I think that's what I'm I'm sort of going for in my books, and the, to have a cover that to have multiple covers that really capture that, as you say, rain and sun elements of it is is really lucky. Well, how do you balance that so that both ends of that? Yeah, I think emotional areas. It's it's each I mean each book is different, but um I'm kind of obsessed with with books that are moments in time that act as hinges. Mm-hmm. Days where there's a clear split between a before and an after and where yesterday everything was one way and today or tomorrow everything is different. So I I think when you're talking about these brief slices of time, you're there's not um it's not it's not a whole there oftentimes it's hard to see the end of that journey they they really are beginnings of stories mm-hmm. in a way and and that's as they should be when you're 16 17 um and you think you're immortal <laughs> yes exactly um so i think there's a there's a you know i think bittersweet was the word i was sort of looking for earlier i think there's um a bittersweetness in the the kind of fleeting nature of these moments and the not knowing what's going to happen next because when you're a teen like anything can happen your life is constantly changing this book especially it's about the night before college and I don't think there's a clearer moment that illustrates that split in time than a, a night where literally you wake up the next morning and you know it's all new people all new experiences nothing is familiar everyone's telling you it's going to be the best years of your life that you're going to meet the best friends you'll ever have and you don't even know how to picture what that might look like. And all you can think about is leaving everything, you know, that's familiar. And so it's, I think the, the kind of root here is change that it's a time of a lot of changes, new experiences when you're this age and things, things change and they're not always in your control. And so um, I try to, to make everything hopeful because I'm an optimist at heart. I'm an optimist down to my toes. Um, but I, you know, there is, there is this sense of, of sadness too. And, and I think a lot of adults, when you're reading YA, you are looking at that in a really nostalgic way. And, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the heart of it. Well, I appreciate this element of the story, even though I went to college, gentle listeners, two miles away from my mom's house. <laughs> but it, to be fair, I knew this was happening. So what I decided to do is like, I wasn't going to go home at all the first year. And I didn't even call my mom. Wow. So you really like put some I, I, I like space. really was yeah. like, no, I have to do that. But I love the idea that, that you've captured that moment of, of a really identifiable Yeah. I mean, I remember, transition. I think in every, you know, every kid looks towards that moment with, you know, excitement or nerves and every adult. And one of the fun things about this book is every time I tell somebody what it's about, they immediately want to tell me their college story. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a time where everybody remembers so clear. I mean, for me, I... My parents still tease me because I, um, one of my friends gave me my, one of my best friends gave me a teddy bear the last night and, um, which was so sweet of him. And I burst into tears and the next day we drove to, to where I was going to school and I was, you know, had the teddy bear and I laughed the whole time. And I just, it was, it sort of 
all of a sudden became the like most important thing. Mm-hmm. And they teased me that I walked up to my dorm room the next day clutching a teddy bear like a five year old. And <laughs> although a couple of months later, um, you know, the teddy bear and I grew up pretty fast. He perished in a tequila related dorm room incident. So okay, this is a podcast <laughs> related to teen literature. Nobody mentioned any tequila. The poor teddy bear. Oh, the poor teddy bear. Oh. Um, but no, it's it's just I have this very clear memory of walking up to that dorm and and like holding on for dear life because it is you just don't know what's going to happen and it's that uncertainty that really um is really poignant still well this leads me back to because i think you're uniquely in a position to answer this question because you you've worked on adult books of a variety of types and you write ya and you've written middle grade mm-hmm. i do love the storm makers that is a cute little book <laughs> partly because i'm obsessed with weather and there you go um but I think it's the nature of the books that you write and your positioning that, you know, there's a lot of conversations about what is a YA novel. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a particular answer to this. Which I would love to hear after I give my answer. And after you give your <laughs> answer. Assume. Because I am filled with opinions and we all know yes. that I am filled with opinions. <laughs> and tequila. <laughs> uh, and maybe today that both are true. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, this is something I think any YA author thinks about quite a lot, but you're right. Having been on the other side of it, I had to think about it a lot, too. I, there were, I was, as an editor, drawn to books that happened to be about, with had young protagonists, and it became kind of a standing joke in our editorial meeting that every book I brought <laughs> up had, like, a 14-year-old or a 16-year-old protagonist, and as soon as I said I love something, they were like, how old is the main character? <laughs> um, but I, there were, it put me in a position where oftentimes I was, having to make an argument over as to why it should be published as an adult book. And um, it, so it forced me to think quite a lot about this question. And I think the truth is that there's a lot of gray area and it's a real sliding scale and it's, it's almost a gut feeling. But w- what I feel about it is that YA is a point of view, not a genre. And I think that, you know, it's, when I first started writing YA, like many authors, I, I imagine, I didn't realize I was doing it. I was just writing a book about a 16-year-old girl. And it's, you know, it's just that was the, the point of view I chose to tell the story. That was the eyes through which I wanted the world to be seen. And I think it's as simple as that. And, and it's, it, it is sort of case by case. And I think many, many books do cross over, whether it's coming from adult to crossing over to teens or coming from the teen world to cross over to adults. And I love seeing that because I don't think – there should be quite such a clear delineation. I think that a book is a book is a book and a great story is a great story is a great story. And if you love something, it doesn't matter if you're recommending it then to your 14 year old friend Mm -hmm. or your grandmother. Um, And so it's, it's always, I always take it as such a great compliment when I get emails from, you know, people in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, even who say, I loved your book, even though I'm not a teen. And, And I always want to say, don't apologize. It's, it's, it's for everyone. If there's no shame in reading All the President's Men at 10, <laughs> surely there can be no shame in reading Hello, Goodbye, and everything in between it. Exactly. And I'm not telling you how old I am now, <laughs> but you probably have enough clues. So there you are. Um, I think that's interesting. You know, um, to me, having read a bunch of these uh, books and tried, you know, to negotiate, you know, when we think about projects. I think a lot about YA and middle grade and all those sorts of things. And I agree. I think uh, YA is a matter of perspective, but I don't think it's necessarily a calendar age because I think what's fascinating to me about a lot of these issues is that there's so many, particularly when you're younger than 14, when you look at those kids, that population, they have so much different um, developmental 
stages, you know, whether they're ready to read particular types of books or, because they're just not, it's not a matter of so much the content of like, do they understand the conversation going on sure. in that book? So to me, a YA novel is really about those, now I'm thinking about losing my religion. The song? Yes! <laughs> I know, I don't know why I have ear, I'm having a random earworm, earworm but I think it's valid of like, it's that moment, those moments, and there are many of them in your adolescent life where, well, maybe you don't believe what your parents believe. Absolutely, yeah. And you do start to make your own family. And, you know, it's your family of choice. They're your friends. They're your, those are your closest relationships. And that's, like, you really capture very well that sort of, I'm leaving the nest yeah. into my own life. And and then I will see some novels that, you know, they, they claim to be white, but there's too much of a settled, this is my adult personality, and I'm yeah. looking back. It's a, it's a it's a fine line, but there, there, you're right. There probably there is a line in there somewhere. I think it's a shifting line, mm -hmm. but it's um, you know it, it's yeah it's 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 an interesting question, and I think it's something that like you can take every single book and and sort of look at it individually. Well, I think this ties into um, you know talking about the sunlight and shadow in your books, and I think I've heard you elsewhere, uh, possibly in another version of this podcast. I'm not sure whether some of your books, um, many of your books are the long hello, yes. and this book, Hello Goodbye, is the long goodbye. So thinking about you know you're passing through those choices yep. in this two, twelve hour period uh, of this book, you're passing through these decisions, making very adult decisions, and coming out. Almost on the other side, we may be or may not be. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know this element of why in terms of the decision making that goes on in your book and the ending? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there in, I think, part of what I find interesting in exploring this is taking a short timeline because it it kind of puts brackets around the story and hinges mm -hmm. everything a little bit. The hinges exactly. Statistical probability was set over twenty four hours. This one is set over twelve hours. Next, I'll write my six-hour book. We'll have it down to three minutes soon. <laughs> um, but I, Whimper. <laughs> but I, you know, I think the the decision making that happens, it's there's something about having a ticking clock to it that, that I I think makes it more interesting in a way, and um, I found it really interesting to do it that way. But I think you are not getting part of what it means to write YA, part of what it means to be young, part of what it means to do it over, to write a book over a short time frame is that there's not necessarily a bow at the end of it. You're not tying everything up. You're not, um, when you're making these decisions, it doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a yes or a no. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to live happily ever after. There's not going to be an epilogue, at least in my books, that says, like, this is when they got married and these are the names of their kids, even though, man, did I love that in Harry Potter, which is probably a controversial statement because I know some people didn't, but I did. But that's a tangent. Um, but I, I appreciated it, but I was just like, really? I kind of loved it. I could have read a hundred more pages of that. You're probably going to get the chance. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think my books oftentimes don't, don't end with a period or an exclamation point. As I've said before, they end with sort of a dot, 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 or an ellipses because they're, there are a lot of question marks still when you're that age and it's not necessarily in your control. So I think happily ever after can, can be a tough thing, but I always do try really hard to leave things on a hopeful note because it's important to me and 
And like I said, I started reading those books that were sad and sweet and full of heart, and that's really what I want to leave readers with, hopefully, in my stories as well. So the pink on this book, Hello, Goodbye, and Everything in Between, could be the pink of a perfect Valentine. It could be. Or it could be the rose-colored glasses of a perfect memory. It could be. I hadn't thought of that. You know, the great thing about your books is that you can read them and find something in them every single time thank you which is the mark of a is a mark of a pretty good author i think thank you i appreciate that jennifer smith i'm so happy you came to the secret cave i'm so happy to be here i think for today because jennifer smith is with us we will call it the secret cave of literary fabulosity <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it i think it does um everyone gentle listeners across the universe hello goodbye and everything in between is on shelves uh, you should go to the library and check it out, and, or you can go to a bookstore and buy it, or you can be on your computer, computer or your mobile device and do the lickety-splickety-clickety-clickety and, uh, and download it uh, for money and read it. No, none of that pirating. No. No on the pirating. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being with us today, Jennifer thank Smith. Thank you, and thank you all. Gentle listeners across the universe. We will speak to you again another.